Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jordan, your ladybug man. I am the aphid annihilator back in studio with my good friend, <laughs> Austin, my lace wingman blank. How you doing there, Austin? Excellent. Oh, I love the nickname. Oh, uh, you've earned it well. So this week, Austin, we're going to learn all about bugs and pests, the, these insects out in our garden, that uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I, we, we've talked about bees in the past. We, we maybe have to need to go do a deep dive on butterflies. Love those butterflies. You know, we've, I think maybe the word of the week needs to be uotheca. You know what uotheca is? Uh, no, that is a new word for so me. An what u- is an uotheca? That's so fun to say. So uotheca, that's the egg case for a praying mantis, another wonderful beneficial organism out in the garden. I, th- I know a lot of our gardeners are finding these out attached to their plants. It's a weird little, you know, acorn-looking <laughs> growth on your plants. Uh, uotheca, that's an egg case of a praying mantis. Don't throw them away. They're fantastic. Uh, huh. Maybe 50 to a couple hundred little praying mantis uh, babies will crawl out of that, and they'll go run havoc in your garden eating some of these bad bugs we're going to talk about. But, uh, you know, I could talk on, on uothecas all day. But uh, this week, like I said, we're going to talk all about bugs, um, you know, especially aphids, you know, spider mites, mites, you know, thrips, scales, uh, all these, these little buggers that, that tend to do us a little, you know, a little trouble out in the garden. Yeah. So, Kevin, what is your general approach to bugs out in the garden? For me, I feel like the best approach is a well-rounded approach to, to the insects. Learning as much as you can about, uh, about your insects in your garden, I think, is the first step. But really setting yourself up for success is going to be having doing all the things that we normally talk about, trying to create you know, space in between your plants, choosing the right plant for the right place. Really avoiding insect problems uh, is going to be the, one of the best methods because prevention you know, is key for us uh, when it comes to bugs. And so that's, that's the number one thing we're going to consider. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this. But really, I said learning all about those bugs because guess what? Most of them are happy little bugs. They're going to be helpful insects. There's only a few that are really going to cause us some problems. And so those are the ones that we're going to target and we're going to take care of as needed. And so uh, hopefully today we're going to pick the brain of a good friend of ours, Julie Barber, one of the brightest plant people I know. Um, always love talking with her. And she's going to school me up, school you up too, Austin, hopefully, uh, All right. on, on, the, on the pest management of our garden. I know you've got a bunch of seedlings on the way. Your little babies yes. are coming. Yep. You just sent us a picture Austin has a, just a full array of seedlings sprouted up at his home inside, looks like, indoors. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh-huh. a lot of those are um, destined. They look like vegetables and bell peppers and basil and radish, I think even I saw in there. And uh, yeah, just a whole yeah. smorgasbord of seedlings. <laughs> and those are going to go out in the garden. And guess what is also going to want to eat them? Uh, maybe some bugs. And so Uh-oh. we're going we're gonna to learn as much as we can from Julie about how to deal with them. I know she's going to uh, give us the key to success. So I'm really looking forward to that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got Julie joining us on a Zoom call right now. So uh, let's get her in here and talk all about bugs. Hey there, Julie, the butterfly barber. How you doing? I am doing great. It's spring. It's wild out there. And I can't, I'm just thrilled to be here talking to you. This is great. Well, we love having you. You're so knowledgeable. It's great to have you back. And today I just want to learn as much as possible uh, from you that I can about bugs and how to deal with them in the garden, you know, best practices. 
Um, I know there's some there's some good bugs out there, hopefully, um, that we can also talk about. But let's start off with some of those those pest problems, the bugs that, are, that give us problems. I know I've been dealing with a little bit of it myself out in the garden, both out in the vegetable garden and our ornamental garden. I've been noticing some aphids. Uh, of, of of different varieties actually, and they're you know they're noticeable, and so it's time to kind of start getting um, those dealt with. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on bugs? So generally, it's really we have found out that of the whole insect universe, and I can't count that high, but that whole insect universe, ninety percent of them are beneficial. Only ten percent have the capacity to be a problem. And the thing that's really interesting is that when they are a problem, it's a short-term problem, maybe just two weeks. When they become a longer-term problem is when we need to look at how we might be inviting them to overstay their welcome. So for example, with all the aphids that you're having, if those are the leftovers from your winter crop and it's been very warm, they're ready to be pulled and they're attracting aphids like crazy. And one thing I noticed, by the way, as you said earlier, that you've got one color aphids on one plant, another color of aphids on another plant. Most insects that are pests are very plant specific. So it's not a surprise that you saw different colors. And if they're overstaying their welcome, we're gonna look at why. If those plants have reached the end of their lifespan, let's go ahead and pull them. Make a note, by the way, of where those plants were in your veggie garden so that next year you don't put them in the same place. Insect pests and diseases are the laziest things you've ever encountered in your life. They count on you being consistent. And then it's a super short hike to cause trouble in your chard. So if you had your chard in spot A, I need you to put it in spot B, C, or D next year, and you're going to outwit these guys like you wouldn't believe, because they're going to emerge in the spring and go, whoa, where's the banquet? Kevin, where is it? Yeah. So don't plant the same plants in the same spot here to year. And know that if they're lasting longer than they should, look at how you're taking care of the plant, especially with aphids, okay? They love stressed plants. As you put in your tomato this spring, that cute little four-inch pot, you're going to water at that little four-inch zone, and you're going to change how you water it. As that tomato plant gets bigger, you're going to kick the irrigation out to the furthest reaches. If you keep that irrigation right where it was for that little four-inch baby, your plant is stressed, and that invites more diseases and more pests. If you're using sprinklers instead of drip, you might be causing more diseases and more pests. If you're using synthetic fertilizers, which push a ton of nitrogen all season long, you might be inviting more diseases and more pests. So go ahead and check on your irrigation, water longer, water deeper as the season goes by, put down your worm castings, stick to organic, stick to drip. And now you've got a plant that's strong enough to withstand that two-week invasion of whatever fool came into your garden bed. How dare they? Yeah, and now they're not going to be squatters, right? They're going to be- You don't belong here. No, no, you had your visit. And the other thing to remember is that plants that are healthy can withstand these things. They can look a little beat up. They can go through an invasion of aphids and they put out new leaves like your tomatoes, right? They can't wait to put out more leaves. They live for that. A little small problem now, not a problem. 
Now, if it's not tolerable, if it's lasting longer and you fixed your irrigation and you're using, you know, organic fertilizer, but it's still lasting a little bit longer than it should, the number one defense against aphids is always a blast with the hose. These guys are ridiculously goofy. They cannot find their way back. The hose works wonders. So let's suppose you have a whole bunch of aphids and you've got some lady beetles out there at the same time. Sometimes the lady beetles can't handle a massive infestation, but they're going to make a huge difference because remember, we're counting on these pests only lasting a short time. And yes, if you plant the right plants, you're going to attract the right pollinators and the right beneficial insects. So we're looking for you guys to always plant a variety of flowering plants that will flower different times of the year because each plant flowers for a certain amount of time, inviting a certain guy for a certain amount of time. We can't have that just for two weeks in the year. We have to have a huge variety of flowers that are gonna be blossoming all year round to constantly invite pollinators, constantly invite beneficial insects. But the bottom line is this, if you don't have a problem, you can't have beneficial insects. Yeah, the best method is no method. <laughs> right. So if you are tempted to get a pesticide that's going to take care of those aphids, we're asking you to look for something that's going to work at the shortest amount of time possible. When those pesticides last too long, you're taking out a lot of the beneficials. So if you've had insect pests for more than that two or three week period, you need to look at the pesticides you're using. Maybe on accident, you took out a lot of those predators, those beneficial insects. Let's let's talk about that. Let's. So what what would be your first recommendation? Okay. So we've we've tried the physical controls. We've you know we've removed you know material of the plant. Yeah, you remove the worst of it. You sprayed it with water. You've done all you physically can, but now it's time to spray. But we don't want to spray chemicals if we don't have to. So, we, you know, of course, here on the show, we love going organic. What's the first organic spray that you'd recommend using for aphids? Either horticultural oil or neem, N-E-E-M, oil. Both of those target soft-bodied insects like spider mites and aphids and white flies. And they also have a few benefits with a few diseases. However, what we're looking for is the shortest list possible. If it's a product that says it's going to last six weeks, six months, or a year, it's probably not going to target that one or two anymore. So we need to know who we're fighting and find the product that takes care of that guy. One that's not too persistent and just hanging on. <laughs> hurting all the other good bugs. So with that said, uh, when is the best time to apply your, your neem oil or, or something that's similar? So if it's the heat of the summer, you don't want to do it. And the instructions will tell you this. Do not do it on days that are going to be over 85 or 90 degrees because these are oils. And in the old days, we used to put baby oil on ourselves and sit out the sun and bake away. And we found out that's not the best plan. <laughs> it's also not the best plan for your plants. Burning can occur. Also, we want to make sure that the bees are done for the day, that they're tucked into bed. So we're doing these things in the evening. Right at dusk? Right. Dusk or a little bit later. And that way you really are going to find the part of the plant where this guy is hanging out and concentrate, target your sprays. Okay. So now if it, that sounds great. Now on those warmer days, could we switch it up to maybe like an insecticidal soap? Do you, are you a fan of those? Yeah, so insecticidal soaps work great. And just as a reminder, insecticidal soaps that you buy in the store are not the same as what you use at home to wash your dishes with. 
You can't DIY this one. Those things in the kitchen are meant to, they're detergents and they're meant to strip oils, waxes, and greases. They're going to take the covering off your plant. Get insecticidal soap from the nursery. And those work beautifully on soft-bodied insects. Yes. So we talked a bit about aphids, but what are some other um, bugs that, that may become an issue for some of our, you know, our gardeners and our listeners uh, in the coming weeks? So it's a little bit early to start thinking about caterpillars. They probably won't show up for another month or two, right? But just know that being preemptive with insects isn't always the best plan unless you know exactly who you're looking for, right? You know what their eggs look like and the larva looks like and the adult looks like. Because a lot of things you can't kill once they're adults, but you can kill them when they're middle or in the egg stage. But look at the damage that you're seeing. The damage on the plant is really what's going to tell us who it is. So for example, if you have a leaf and you see some nibbling on the outer edge, that's one guy. If you see some nibbling and some holes in between the veins, that's somebody else. If you see window painting, you know, where all the meat of the leaf has been eaten, but you've just got all the veins left behind, that's somebody else. And go ahead and feel free to always bring the, a picture or a sample into the nursery so that we can help you find out exactly who it is. If you had a certain problem with an insect last year, then go ahead and find out who he is and how we can prevent him from becoming a problem in a few months. But in general, there aren't going to be too many problems except for the aphids and except for cold snaps. So if you're getting a little bit anxious and you want to put out your tomato starts and they suddenly look wilted, you might think it was an insect or a disease. But if it was 37 last night, that's all it was. Well, it's great you bring that up because I was uh, want to ask you, what are your thoughts on like a physical barrier to actually keep the you know the bugs away to begin with? I know if for some small you know small space gardeners where they really want to protect some of their their row crops and things, uh, they can use row covers. Um, would you recommend that as an alternative as well? Yeah. So row cover is just another name for frost cloth, actually. It looks exactly the same because it is exactly the same. It's a certain material that lets in a certain amount of light, lets out air, lets air movement happen, and lets moisture travel in between. So putting up row covers when these things are really babies is excellent. Putting out the diatomaceous earth at the edges of your garden bed putting out copper tape at the edges of your garden bed to stop snails and slugs, things like that. Don't be afraid to get out there and get, you know, personal. If it's a bug and you found out he's no good and not welcome, squishing him can be very satisfying. <laughs> uh, I, Julie, the barbarian barber. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes <laughs> you just uh, yeah. gotta. I love that. No, that's, that's fantastic. Now we've mentioned the ladybugs, um, you know, and so I think a lot of folks know them in their final form, right? As that beautiful, shiny, polka dotted, just red little creature that we just all know and love. But I feel like not enough of us know about them in their younger form, right? Where they, they look a little scary, but they're super awesome. And I feel like from what I've learned, they eat quite a bit more, almost like, like a teenager at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what are your thoughts on ladybugs? Yeah, so once you've seen the adult, but completely unrecognizable is the larval form, okay? And it has these serrated edges. It's about six times, seven times longer than a mature ladybug. So he's long. I saw one out in the garden today. 
Yay. And these usually got the black and red color to them, as opposed to other insects, which also have that form in the larval form. And they're also beneficial. But this guy is vibrant and bright. And many years I've had people come in with baggies of these things going, what is this? How do I take care of it? But it's an awesome guy. He's out there, he's eating, and he's going to be a grown-up, and he's going to eat some more. And if you want those ladybugs to stay, make sure they have something to eat. Leave a few aphids behind. <laughs> That's why I guess it might be nice to have a couple host plants out there to kind of lure in some of those aphids. And then, hey, hey go over there and hang out <laughs> by the plant I don't care about as much. <laughs> you know, there is some uh, talk about that. When you look at studies in the university, sometimes they say, look, put up a plant you don't care about. Care about. It's like a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, like with grasshoppers. They say have some tall grass surrounding it. Apparently the grasshoppers will stop right there and get lost and not get any further. Oh, that's great. Yes, so these ladybug larval forms, they look like little like black and red or orange alligators to me with, with like six legs. They're so cool. Um, I'm really fascinated by them. Um, but you know what is really also, also really interesting to me? Maybe you could give us some info. Um, what are your thoughts on lace wings? I know those can be um, beneficial as well. And, and they're pretty cool in the way that they just kind of run down and nibble on these aphids. I, I just love lace wings. So lacewing is the one I was trying to think of. The larval form of the lacewing is what's very similar to the lady beetle, except it's a duller grayish and white color. And once you see the adult form, what's really great is as a ratio to body, the wings are gigantic and they are uh, the, the palest green, the palest neon green. And they have this distinctive window painting look to them. And these guys eat. Their babies eat. They are just out there mowing everything down. So once you have lady beetles and lace wings, you're taking care of a lot of soft-bodied insect problems. There are other beneficial insects that will take care of the bigger problems. Like you could have soldier beetles, you could have um, assassin bugs, and those guys might even start going after caterpillars. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So don't panic when you see somebody. Let's figure out who it is and find out if there's any damage. And the damage is going to tell us who it is. Well, it's great you mentioned all that because actually when I was when I was noticing the aphids out in the orchard on these little cabbage leaves, I actually noticed uh, an assassin bug in there. And he, he looked right at me and I looked away. I didn't want him to notice. I was like, yeah, you didn't see me. But it was great to, great to see the, the circle of life going forth. Absolutely. You did the right thing. That is so perfect. I just kept walking. <laughs> like, you didn't see me. I didn't see you. I wasn't here. That's thing. it. That's it. So we've talked a lot about how to kind of prevent them from becoming a long-term resident, accepting that there are short-term influxes, how to keep them from becoming a long-term nuisance, checking on your irrigation, sticking to drips, sticking to organics, and some ways to start handling them that really focus on them. So start with the blast of water, move to insecticidal soap or neem oil or horticultural oil. If you feel like you need to move to something more serious and you've already checked on the health of the plant, it might be that it's worth considering that that plant is not exactly in the right spot. Maybe it's getting too much sun. Maybe it's getting sprinkler from the lawn. Maybe it's getting fertilizer from the lawn. Maybe there's roots coming in from a neighbor's tree. 
sometimes you need to say to yourself, that's just not going to work right there. And give yourself permission to say, gosh, next time this thing is dormant, I'm moving them to the other side of the house. Yeah, right plant for the right place, I get, I take it. Yeah, and, and the way you know that is, well, it's a mess all the time, right? <laughs> That's when you go, maybe I need to move you a little bit. Thank you so much. I've, I'm learning like crazy with you, as I always do. Um, it, can, can we get your last final thoughts um, on if, if you want to leave someone's gardening, they're, they're, they're new to it, or they've been gardening a long time and they want to sharpen their, you know, sharpen their tools with you. What would you recommend? What's your final thoughts for, for dealing with pests, good or bad? My first advice is to not panic. We're not sure when we see an insect out there that it's going to cause any damage. And if we do see some damage, let's figure out who it is and see if it's long-term. And then the other thing is don't look at your plant too closely. Sometimes you need more than six inches worth of distance because when you look real closely, you're going to see little things that maybe you don't enjoy. But if you stand back a couple of feet, it's still a beautiful plant your roses are still blooming, your peach tree is still providing peaches, and your carrots are still growing. You're doing great. Don't panic and don't always look that close unless you need to. <laughs> I love it. Well, Julie, I want to thank you once again for being here. I know we're going to have to have you back as soon as humanly possible to talk about anything to do with plants. Any, any excuse to get to hang out with you. Like I said, I got a big old bear hug waiting for you the next time I see you in person. And, uh, we'll, and we'll and we'll have some fun then. Uh, I hope you had a great time with us. This was beyond great. You know, um, having a chance to talk with you, my family's tired of hearing about this. I need to come <laughs> talk to you. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you again. Oh, wonderful. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Julie. You're welcome. All right, Kevin, that was our interview with Julie. What a great time. Boy, I, I think it. she just knocked it out of the park. I'm just so psyched on bugs right now. And my biggest takeaway is is that the numbers, she talked about the, you know, a vast majority, 80, 90% of the bugs that we encounter are beneficial. I did not realize that. And wow, that is just such a cool thing to learn. Well, that's absolutely right. I think the misconception is that, you know, when you're new to gardening, um, Bugs are bad. You, you spray, spray, spray. You see, you know, the gardener out there spraying around. But honestly, most of those bugs are fantastic for your garden. You want those pollinators in there. You know, some of those creepy crawlers are really good for your garden. And actually, a lot of those ones are help managing the balance for the pest insects. And so for the small select few of insects that do have the potential to do harm, um, those are the ones that we can focus our efforts towards. And, and really in a targeted fashion. Like I said, prevention is key, but then once you have an issue, then we can deal with it as needed. For me, I always want to go organic because that's just the best approach for me in our garden long-term, especially in gardens that we're going to be spending a lot of time in and you know eating food out of. But uh, I love how most of, the, uh, of those insects are just wonderfully beneficial. You know, Even for the ones uh, that people, I think, sometimes will go in the garden and see and really think are scary, those actually oftentimes are the beneficial insects. So mm -hmm. when it comes to like, what is it, assassin bugs, damsel bugs, lacewings, uh, they really, they're not as prevalent and prominent as the lady beetle. The lady beetles stand out. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. But some, like I said, those assassin bugs, damsel bugs, lacewings, they look a little creepy. They're bugs. And sometimes I know if you see them, you go, oh, that's bad. I got to spray that. 
don't spray it. Figure out what, what kind of bugs you have because odds are, like you said, chances are those bugs are actually going to be really good bugs. And so I right. hope, hope folks, you know, spend the time to learn as much as they can and go out there and appreciate some of those insects, but also use what they've learned today to really uh, have success when they do have an, uh, an encounter, you know, a pest problem, whether it be, you know, mites, um, sp- spider mites, aphids, scales, wh- what have you, thrips, uh, you know, he- heaven forbid, but uh, hopefully they can take the skills they've learned today and go have some fun out in that garden because really um, it's nothing to fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about, getting out there and having fun. And uh, hopefully we demystified some some of the things, you know, today about insects and, and bugs, and we can learn to appreciate the, the little critters out there. And you know what? I want to take it back to another thing Julie said about um, some of the bugs you can just pick up and move and they're like not the brightest bulb in the shelf, so they can't find their way back. I just thought that was so it could just stood out to me. It's kind of funny, and it makes sense, um, but it's a little surprising. So uh, that's that's a good technique. Is that something you've done and had success with, Kevin? Oh, is just caterpillar just hunting? Them? Yeah, ca- go, yeah, go caterpillar hunting. Yeah, that's you know you'll see the horned worms. They call it a horned worm, but it's you know it's a caterpillar. Let's keep, let's mm-hmm. keep it real. And uh, the, those ones you'll see on your tomatoes and other plants, uh, and you just pluck them right off. I know I've right. pulled pulled cabbage loopers, little little green caterpillars off some of my brassicas before, and those ones you can hand pluck off. Um, when it's a small infestation, no problem. If you've got a bigger garden, or you know, then that's you can kind of scale up as needed. But yeah, that's a wonderful approach. You pull them off as you see them. Even with things like the, like you talk about the aphid, the first approach is blast them off with water. See how many yeah. you can just yeah. you can just physically remove. Uh, that's physical removal, and that that is that could, is a great way to start. Awesome. Well, um, it's been a great week having Julie back talking about bugs. Uh, I really like this stuff. It's cool. And I just want to encourage everyone again to do a little research and find out what these things look like. So go research the different stages of all of these bugs. And we're talking about the lady beetles, the assassin bug, the lacewing fly, all of those things, plus more. Go find out what they look like. And that way you will hopefully have a better shot at identifying some of these um, these little friends in our garden. And if you find some of the bad ones, hopefully you will have some tools and some knowledge that you can use to improve the quality of your garden and uh, mitigate some damage to your plants. That is unfortunately all the time we have today. So Kevin, please take us out. Oh, darn it. We're out of time. I could have done this all day. Well, I want to thank Austin, my lace wingman blank. You know, Austin does all the editing for the show. So I want to, I want to thank Austin. He does a fantastic job. And I want to thank all of our listeners for being here today. And I can't wait to have you back next week for more garden adventures. Until then, garden friends, happy gardening to you. Please don't bug out and never stop growing. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions.